Let me tell you a story. Story takes place as well as I can remember in either 2009 or 2010. My buddy Steve, who was here visiting the house, he's sitting across the table from me right now. We were smoking cigarettes at opposite doors. He was smoking one out of my dining room door, front door. I was smoking one out of the side door. We were listening to a little band called Tool. This is 2009 or 10. And we start talking. Man, it's been like three or four years since the last album. Probably only a couple more to go. You know what we should do? When the new album comes out, we hang out. We have a good time. We listen to the album for the first time together. An unbreakable vow was made on that summer day in Birmingham, Alabama. Ten years later, <laughs> the day is finally here. Fear Inoculum, the new Tool album, has been released. We just listened to it all the way through for the first time. And I'm sitting here with my good buddy. You've heard him a ton of times on Blue Harvest, Steve Cobra. What up? My mind is thoroughly blown right now. It is a feeling because 13 years is, you know, that's a long time to wait for personally my favorite band to put out a new album. You know, that is, there's bands that break up, get back together in less time mm -hmm. than, and put that, put out their big reunion album in yeah. less time than that. I bitched you a lot. Uh, I was like, this, fuck them. I, I can't believe it. Like, uh, we got to wait this long. It's been 10 years. This is ridiculous. Yeah, and I would come to you with updates like, oh, no, man. Uh, Blair said in the newsletter that they're uh, they're in the, the loft writing. Things are coming together nicely. And you'd be like, I believe it when I see it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Then, just this summer, it starts to look like it's real. I would say last year, it mm -hmm. started to look more real. They were actually in a studio. Things mm. were leaking out on Instagram. A tour was being planned. Mm -hmm. Then we go to see him in Birmingham, Alabama. Special show, kind of. Oh, I would say so. In in the the history of Tool, they announced the release date, August 30th. And I remember in May, at the beginning of May, when we went to see him, being like, it's so far away. <laughs> I know. It seemed like forever. I know. And now the day's here, and we've heard it. So... For anybody who's downloaded this, obviously this is a little something different than you're used to hearing on the Blue Harvest feed. But hey, guess what? It's my fucking podcast feed and I can do what I want to with it. That's right. There's going to be an episode of Blue Harvest this week, but you got to hear. Well, you don't have to, but you can hear us babble about Tool for a little while. That's right. Some um, good music. Man. So we're going to talk about the new album. 
And then we've got some other tool-related stuff. I think some Blue Harvest listeners are going to be like, yes, get this out of your fucking system, man. <laughs> For the past three months, it's been like, oh, guess what I heard about the Tool album. <laughs> yeah, but if you like the band Tool, you're probably going to enjoy this. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So, how do you want to kick this off? And let's talk about the new record. All right. Before we get into individual song discussion, what... I mean, I know what this is because I was here. I witnessed it. What's your initial impressions of the album as a whole? Really good. Um, I like the transitions better on this record mm-hmm. than, than the other ones. Uh, <clears throat> they they definitely seem... I, I like the idea that each member was responsible for one of them. Right. Um, you know, obviously it's going to take quite a few more listens as most of their records require, but... Uh, on first listen, it's really impressive. It's it's really, really impressive. That last song is gonna take an like an album cycle worth of unpacking. Yeah, I could write a college thesis on that song probably. Like they are they gonna try to play that live? <laughs> I don't know. I, I I would love to see them try. Mm-hmm. Even if they fuck up a little bit, I'd still be like, whatever. I mean, I, as much hype as that song has gotten pre-release, I feel like it, they're going to have to. You mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. But, you know, we've listened to that first track to death. We allowed our, we had a little talk before, uh-huh. you know, we were like, can we listen to the single? Because we, we weren't going to be together <laughs> to listen to that. Right. But but we were like, yeah, let's do it. it it'd be just cruel to deprive ourselves of everything. So we listened to that a, a million times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was texting with Steve within the first couple of weeks of the single being out and we were talking about it and going out like, Oh, I like this part. I like this part. And I was like, Hey, can I share something with you? It's kind of embarrassing. I hooked my phone up to my computer and looked at my iTunes statistics. And I've listened to that song 62 times already. <laughs> I had to be close behind you. I, I don't know. I, I know the day it came out, like there were no pot. I didn't listen to a single podcast at work. It was that, over and over and over same getting halfway through sometimes and being like i want to start it again restarting <laughs> yeah. it i it was the same way like i mean that's my morning routine i walk to work listen to a podcast i do all my opening stuff listening to podcasts not that day all day I, I listen to that song and my wife will tell you that i listen to it a lot more <laughs> after that too <laughs> so we got some initial impressions what i was gonna say is i'm just glad i'm not disappointed Oh my God, me too. A 13 year wait to go into disappointment would be brutal. It would be disappointing. Yeah. uh, And, you know, Tool is like Star Wars in a lot of respects for me because I like it so much there's always going to be something I like mm -hmm. when I hear it. So, you know, I knew it wasn't going to be a complete dud, but to like it as much as I do is like it's a weight off my chest. Sure. Yeah. I mean,. I knew that it was going to take at least a couple listens because the first track, I liked it when I first heard it, but it was definitely one that I knew was going to reveal itself to me later. You know, the more I listened to it and the the record's exactly the same. Like it's going to take a lot of listens to really pick out a lot of the nuances and stuff. But I mean, on first pass, I was sufficiently impressed. Yeah. So we were talking about it while we were listening. Sometimes with tool albums, I would say with the past two for Lateralis and 10,000 Days, there's been at least one song that on my initial listen, I was like, I don't know about that one. For me, for 10,000 Days, it was uh, Jombie. Mm-hmm. The first time I heard that, I was like, it's okay. But but and now it's 
way up there as one of my favorites. Sure, like yeah. it, and I don't have that with one of these. There mm-hmm. wasn't one where I was like, "That's gonna, that's a sinker. That's mm-hmm. a, mm-hmm. that's a, uh, a sneaky one." Now it's it's pretty different vocally. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Maynard's definitely a little back in the mix. Some some spots he's a little more forward, but um, <clears throat> I just feel like he he approached this as more of like. I kind of want to be more of an instrument as opposed yes. to being in the front of the band. And there are large swaths, mm-hmm. like eight-minute sections with no vocals. Yeah, without him, yeah. And it, it's not just in one song. Because mm-hmm. that Several. may happen in the past in, like, a song. No. This is... It seems like I really appreciate his approach and how he picked his moments, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that made it really impactful. I like I was telling you, if there is uh, a complaint I can see coming up for like reactionary complaint, like mm-hmm. first listen complaint, would be the amount of vocals or lack thereof in sure. the album. But I think once people live with these songs for a little while and you know dissect them, mm-hmm. that I think uh, I don't think that'll be as big of an issue going forward. I don't either. And I mean, I knew going in that we weren't going to get like. The pot, you yep. know, something like that. Well, but, you know, he's a much older dude. Yeah, yeah. And he's probably a lot less angry, you know. For uh, sure. He's a millionaire. Yeah, well, he's, he, I mean, he's been a millionaire for a while. He's still found ways to kind of scr- scratch that itch on records. Uh, but, you know, he's he's like 55, I think. Yeah. And, and at this point, I think he's just more interested in the art than like being pissed off you know yeah what I mean? and i and i can totally appreciate sure. that like if i want pissed off tool i got three albums yeah, we got there, plenty of that you to know listen to because mm-hmm. to me around the lateralis age is when they start transitioning out of like totally every song angry, is angry. Yeah. it's mm-hmm. like it's it's an interesting transition as a career as a band and one of my favorite things that you said after we listened is you just feel like the only thing that bums me out and, and you mentioned it is it does feel like there's a missing puzzle piece, a mm-hmm. transitionary mm-hmm. record in between 10,000 Days and this album. Yeah, we missed and, a record. Yeah, and you know what? When you read all the interviews about how they wrote all these songs, they had this collection of songs, they trashed them all and started from the beginning, mm-hmm. there's that lost record. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely, 100%. So we missed a step of the evolutionary process. Right. That's really unfortunate with a, a band that talented. <laughs> um, before we get into the song by song, what do you think about the special edition packaging? I love it. Dude, it is. Dang, I got my greasy ass mitts <laughs> on this thing already. It's that real matte awesome. finish. The, uh, the little video screen inside is a, is a trip. Dude, turning Chocolate it on, trip. like opening it for the first time and it just immediately mm-hmm. turns on. Self turns on, yep. It's crazy. And then like the booklet, the sleeve that the CD is in, like, mm-hmm. you know. People gave Tool a lot of flack, um, I think rightfully so, about not being on digital platforms and stuff. And like, yeah, I was one oh, of them. And 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 you know, like, oh, what are they going to even do when they put out a new album? They're not even on Spotify. Am I going to have to go? I don't even have a CD player. But yeah, I get. I I'm will probably never listen to this CD. Right. I don't. Yeah, I don't have a CD player really around handy. Yeah, maybe a console or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if you're going to sell a CD in 2019. When, you know, the majority of music is bought or listened to digitally, 
That's how you do That's it. That's exactly how you do it. It's going to look great on a shelf. Yep. It's great, like, little quick conversation piece. You want to yep. pull it down, show, oh, check out this video screen. The booklet's great. I love that they have banned pictures, which is, I want to say, like, you know, even though they're, like, more like paintings, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the first time they've done, like, such, this is who we are. You know what I mean? So like, close up. Right. Like, like in the 10,000 Days booklet, they're in there, but mm-hmm. they're, like, in looks like 1920s costumes doing chemistry and bullshit right <laughs> yeah so yeah I, it is neat at first i wondered if that was adam's wife that did the artwork but it's not that did the portraits oh i got you i yeah. went in and looked who was it um i can't remember their name mm, they, they, okay. the I'm art team that worked on this entire package is like 10 people long 12 yeah. people long it's a it's really impressive and if uh if you're on the fence about whether or not it's worth the money, I think Oof. it totally is. Good luck finding one. Yeah, but it's right gonna be, yeah, it's, it's sold out fun. everywhere online, and like <clears throat> targets were getting four or five copies in from what yeah. I was reading this morning. So, you want to dive in? Let's do it. All right. First up, we got Fear Inoculum, the title track, the first single release. Yeah, good stuff. Um. So when we went to see them in May, we saw Descending Live. And mm-hmm. one of the weird little samples that Danny played, the cha mm-hmm. in that song, I was like, I like that. I like that in that song. <laughs> it's a good thing. And then it shows up in this song, too. Yeah, he, he actually shows up, I feel like, in several spots on the it record. probably does. But, uh, yeah, this was a good song. I feel like when it kicks in, uh, it's like, that's probably one of the parts on the record that sounds the most, like, vintage tool to me. Like, when the drums and the bass kick in with mm-hmm. the rhythm. Yep. Uh, but strong uh, chorus mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know something i noticed is like in some of those songs would you even say there was a chorus yeah i w- yeah. well in s- i mean i can't quite say all of them like tempest i don't think has one we- uh it has some some parts that he repeats but like this one definitely has a chorus um numa has has i believe a chorus it, there's there's some choruses yeah, on there okay. but there might they might have left some out as well too um an interesting factoid about this so back in february of last year when they were talking about like we're going into the studio next month i guess they started having friends of theirs buy their rehearsal space to watch like an instrumental version of the album Mm -hmm. and one of those guys i can't remember which band he's in posted a clip on instagram of them jamming a song that we had never heard before and I texted Steve and I go, dude, have you seen that? And you were like, I've heard about it. I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> and I was like, well, it's heavy and it sounds awesome. And it turned out to be the end of this song, which was neat. Like when I heard that for the first time, I was like, that's that fucking song. Yeah. And that riff you're apparently talking about is awesome. And it's really heavy, super heavy. Yeah. Um. So, you know, the album leaked last week. Mm-hmm. And I have, for the most part avoided any of the tool message boards I would go to or the subreddit since it leaked just you know same here I didn't want I didn't want any any opinions period positive or negative but I did see a couple people be like it's not heavy enough Mm -hmm. and I don't get it I don't get it this record's plenty heavy like the parts that are heavy fucking heavy there's this part we'll talk about it later in Tempest with the China Mm -hmm. and like the double bass Mm mhm uh, yeah. Have they done something heavier? Like yeah. what? I mean, just because Maynard's not melting your face off with his with his vocals, people are going to say that, but that's fine. Like so his, his the, vocals are appropriate. Like, you know, they sort of famously 
changed the tuning of the pot. Mm-hmm. They, they, yep. They dropped it down to mm-hmm. help him because he wasn't able to perform it as originally recorded. It sounds great, like yeah. the it, you know. But if you want this band to keep going, if you want there to maybe be a next album or at least opportunities to see them on tour, like these dudes got to take care of themselves. Yeah, no he doubt. can't blow out his voice. Then there's no more tool. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know. Yeah, I'm fine with Mellow Maynard uh, singing. He does. He actually experiments. I feel like a little bit more on this record, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with some effects and harmonies and stuff like that that he hasn't done in the past. So I like his approach here. Me too. A lot of whispering. Yeah. You know, he's going for the ambiance. I think more than the kick you in this the nuts. This is stuff. a. This is like a. A vibe. Like this album has a vibe to mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. and like I think that is something that is going to become more apparent on further listens but mm-hmm. like because it's weird like I would say Lateralis as an album has this weird transitionary vibe for the band where they seem like they're getting into like more like uh, spiritual like you know what I mean mm-hmm. like it's deeper oh, yeah. sure. it's not just anger and and saying fuck and right, right. weird imagery like mm-hmm. the weird imagery is there it's Actually and started with that in on Anima, like I would say forty six and eye. two. Yeah, third yeah. eye mm-hmm. are like the beginnings of those. Sure. You know? Yeah, the, the mm-hmm. and then I feel like Lateralis is where they fully um embrace that. And then Ten Thousand Days kind of seems like they just continued on that trend. A bit. Like there was there was a few songs on Ten Thousand Days like Vicarious in the Pot that were a little more like <clears throat> you know, we're talking about pop culture or right. uh, you know, um, Maynard's pissed kind of thing. But, but this is fully in that other direction. Mm-hmm, fully you know? far away from that. And and honestly, I couldn't be happier, really. Like, it's I it's mean, great. Like, I'm not an angry teenager like I was when I first got into Tool. Sure. It's like when you watch uh, this terrible analogy. It's like when you read Harry Potter mm-hmm. and, like, the storyline, like, they grow up. It's not the same, like, 11-year-old kids. Like, the stories mature to a certain point with the characters as they grow, like, that's what I want out of a band. Sure, yeah, you, yeah. I mean, we've got all the past stuff to, to exactly. lean on. So, and and I still love to go listen to that stuff. Me too. It's great. Um. So this is the song we wore out. Yeah, we wore this one out. But I mean, and I still love it. I listening to it now. Where he, this part where he sings the recast, my mm-hmm. tail, the way he sings that's so awesome. Uh, oh. so great. But this is, I'll say this about this record, Fear Inoculum. It is Adam's record. Like, Dude. seriously, Adam's record. <laughs> yeah, and I wonder if... Well, for uh, for sure, I know once I dive in and really pay attention to what the fuck Danny's doing... Oh, yeah. It's well, gonna, he's but, a, but he's he always, always been it. there, yeah, you he, know? Like, he, even in the opiate and undertow days, he's doing way more than... Necess- not Pretty, necessary, but... Nah, you know. Fine. Like, I don't feel like he was he ever overplayed, but he, he put a lot of drummers in the, that genre to shame. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, He's a true, but true yeah. musician. An interesting thing I noticed, a lot more clean tone to mm-hmm. the guitars than I'm used to. And no complaints. Mm-hmm. He's got um, it figured out. It sounds huge. Yeah, and there's a couple of things that I do wonder. Because I know on the other records, they definitely do some guitar layering and mm-hmm. stuff. They typically shied away from that, though, early but, in their career. But. Yeah, but how are they going to do some of this live with one guitar? I mean, you know, you sacrifice certain things probably yeah. um you can also 
dick around with pedals. I'm sure he's got some some ideas for it. Right. And who knows? We talked about possibly Maynard even picking up the axe here and there. I don't know if he'll do it, but he's been he's done it before. So yeah, that's what I was gonna say. The first time I saw Tool mm-hmm. was the day Lateralis came out. Oh nice. They played at the what is that venue called in Atlanta? It is Tabernacle. Uh, the Tabernacle. Yeah. The smallest place I've ever seen him in. And I have this vivid memory of him playing one of those I don't know what kind of Steinberger? Well, it was a guitar. Steinbergen, yeah. But they didn't have the headstock. Yeah, Steinberger, Steinbergen, and, something like that. Yeah. And it's almost like a I don't know. Like, I don't know the instruments well enough like that. Mm-hmm. Like, there was no headstock on the guitar. And he did that during a couple of the songs on Lateral. It's like some of the triad stuff, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's not unheard of. Yeah. And I think he played on the You Lied cover uh, that they did on mm-hmm. Salival as well. So That would make sense because it definitely sounds like there's more than one guitar there's going on. There's two guitars, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he can do it. Especially if he's not going to be singing as much, you yeah. Know, throw an axe in his hand. There's a there's a part on one of the songs I'm pretty sure he's playing synth on too. So yeah. But yeah, dig this song a lot. All right, it's great. So we're coming up on we're gonna start talking about track two, Numa. This was one in the little bit that I did see. Hold on, this part is so awesome. <laughs> That's going to happen. That Danny Carey, though. Oh, my goodness. He's a madman. Mm. Mad lad. He's a mad <laughs> He's lad. the best. Um, in the little bit that we saw on Reddit, you you heard the same thing. People were talking about Numa. Yeah, N- co-workers. Numa, yeah. Numa, yeah. you got to mm. hear Numa. So I was really excited to hear it, and it did not let down. Let's move on. Yeah. There was a there was a minute, I, I want to say possibly about two two minutes into this mm-hmm. when they kicked into that riff when you and i looked at each other oh, like with just sh- the biggest shit eating i couldn't stop smiling <laughs> like i was taking a drink of my soda and it hit in and then ba-dong, da-dong, da-dong. <laughs> and oh, i was man. like oh i love it already yeah i can't wait to listen to this song a million more times this one stood out um uh, uh big time for me on first listen so you know i know danny's been using those they're called Mandela Mandela pads or mm-hmm. whatever. He actually was part of the company that developed them or whatever. He's been using those for years in his kit, but I feel like he really leaned into them on this mm-hmm. album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even his interlude, his his drum solo track, like it is a lot of those. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I like, like that though. I like too. that he finds different sounds to throw in there. It's not. Yeah, I mean, you're limited a lot of times with sounds you can make with a drum kit you know? no and and it does to me it's perfect it doesn't take mm-hmm. anything away i have nothing against it so i was i just thought it was neat because you know you might hear that stuff pop up in a song or two before but i feel like it's got a place in every out mm-hmm. like song on the record yeah they, he's found a spot to, for him dude all right when justin kicks in yeah here. this is his big moment on the record Oh my god. And it starts on such a weird beat. You could probably explain it like when the drums come in here in a second, like it hurt my head for a second. Yeah, it's yeah, it takes a second, but like it's it it works with a head nod for sure. Right. I'm not sure what time it is yet. I'll have to sit there and count it on my steering wheel. Yeah, when it kicks in there. Oh. <laughs> what the so fuck? Good. 
Yeah. And Maynard takes an approach to the album, like, or to this song in particular. Like, if I heard his vocal track isolated, mm-hmm. I don't know that I would like it. That it's so far back though. Like his yeah. his vocals. Like this is the one song where I felt like I I had a little trouble hearing him. Yeah. At least in the verse part. Like mm-hmm. the chorus is a little easier, but they bring him up some. But this part. a little easier on the headphones yeah and he also like at each um end of each sort of like section he like drifts off like mm-hmm. we are doesn't even finish the you know what i mean like mm-hmm. he's drifting off into yeah. the ether kind of deal yeah yeah like i like i said if i if someone was like here's an isolated version of i would be like well i don't know but yeah. obviously you could probably say that with anything on sure the oh yeah i mean you could listen to danny carey's like weird little mandela pads yeah. from time to time and be like dude what are you doing but like that's the thing it just sounds like tool to me you know like yeah. when they jam like this vocal line is awesome by the way i love this part the his vocals to me do sound different like if they people do. tell you they you know i do agree they sound different but it's not for the for the worse it's no to me it's for the better like for him for longevity's sake like you said when you i can i can deal with him singing like this for a while this is for fine sure. this give me three awesome. more tool albums yeah. with this exact like yeah. let this be the first album in a new trilogy yeah you know what i mean exactly yeah if you don't like this song something's wrong with you i mean i can't i can't i don't know what to tell you yeah like you know who will end up not liking this song and it would be by virtue of just hearing it too much and hearing me humming it or drumming it is Jesse. I'm and that's fair her crazy with yeah. this song I'm definitely gonna have to use headphones oh but yeah like I was telling you earlier I've been really into Bloodborne I feel sorry for the bosses <laughs> they're getting it I'm just gonna be listening to this for a while but yeah I love this song man. this is good um What's funny is, so we're listening to this and, you know, hearing all the different changes and stuff. I don't know when it's coming in, but at one point I look over at you and go, you know what would be really cool? It's a nice false stop, nice false end to the song, and then they bring it back again. And, like, I don't know, four minutes later it happened? Oh, oh. yeah. Yeah, you called it. Yeah, there was there was a couple nice false ends on this one. There are. Hmm. The rhythm in this song that just they keep snaking along mm-hmm. you know like it's, it's interesting stilted rhythm just makes me want to be quiet and listen to it i know dude <laughs> fair use <laughs> so yeah this one i i'm not i'm i don't feel as qualified to speak on all of them i can just give you my you know initial reaction being that very good yeah. this one this one you know um the bridge is epic in this and they bring it back at the end with the vocals it's awesome Dude, we were talking like any of these songs, most bands would take two parts out of and be like, here's a song and here's another song. Like, especially Tempest. Like, Mm -hmm. Tempest is ridiculous in the best way. Mm -hmm. It is so many parts. Like, there's so many different parts. Like, there's riffs in Tempest or in this that people would take that one single riff and just expand that yep. into one song. It'd be a song. Yeah. yeah. You know? Like, it's crazy. Yeah, but there's like, seriously, like 40 riffs in that song. Maybe even more. I don't even know. There's just, there's more than I can count. There was, we'll have to like, turn it up when we get to that part, but there's a part in Tempest that like, I thought it broke Steve. He's like, <laughs> oh, what yeah. the fuck? Yeah, there's, what yeah. are you doing? <laughs> Literally shit I've never heard before. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so, 
so after this we had what was it um dude this is gonna be one i'm sound litany contre la pure la pure la pure so we don't know who did this particular uh segue and i can't remember which interview it was or which you know published review or um interview it was in but somebody said in one of them that um there was four interludes on the album and that uh they were provided by a band member apiece each band member provided one well obviously we can probably rule out chocolate chip trip that's That's definitely danny's yeah okay the other three i have no idea like now i'm pretty sure is it legion inoculant yeah i'm 90 percent sure that's maynard me too because it did sound like there were actually not necessarily like lyrics but there were vocals you know like there were like some weird processed melodies Um, yeah it sounded more vocal oriented yeah so that so really the question comes down to is this adam or is this Justin? I think we both agree that we think this is Adam. My money's on Adam, but I'm not sure. Watch them pull a switcheroo on me. Or and, and or they'll just come back and be like, oh, that shit was wrong. Adam did them all. He did them all, yeah. <laughs> Including the vocal one. <laughs> um, but neat sounding, nonetheless. Like, Yeah, these, these sags aren't going to change your life. No. But, but they're, you know, they give the album a little bit of flow. And I do feel like they honestly have a lot more character on this one than, than normal. Yes. <laughs> and I, I feel like, at least for now, like, you know, not to be a dick, but previously when I'd listened to a Tool album, unless I was expressly sitting down to listen to it as a whole chunk, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there were skippers. Skip around. Yeah. yeah. Who's skippers. listening to Useful Idiot? Not me. Who's, who's waiting... 15 Don't. extra seconds to hear 46 and 2. Not, not me. me. I'm not listening to Dier Von Satan or whatever that's called. I've heard <laughs> exactly, it, yeah. You know? It, it's good once and then, you know, you move on. But these I think I could I could see myself here, listening to a yeah, little more. Yeah. yeah. They, they will probably eventually find their way out when I just want to hear Numa mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. But on a full album listen, which, you know, let's be honest, that's what I'm going to be on for a little while. Same, same. I, I feel like they will be fine now here we go we're on to invincible which was uh one that they played live here in birmingham Mm -hmm. and i remember this one uh being uh interesting vocally to me Mm -hmm. like uh he he's a little busy with the vocals but like it's not bad definitely more forward Mm -hmm. his presence like in the mix is definitely more forward on the song than in the other ones this intro that adam plays is really awesome uh deceivingly tough to play oh really yeah like he's he's uh all over the fretboard here sliding up and down and uh when they play it live i bet he is very scared well dude uh, so this is the one so we saw them on the second stop of their but the first show was like a a, two days before at a festival at a festival which is different from playing like you know indoor. but they played this and descending both mm-hmm. at both dates and i heard people being like oh i think they kind of messed up messed up the song invincible mm-hmm. um but when we saw him and as the bootlegs that became ooh, crazy to think that the highest quality bootleg from the, from yeah, the tour from of the new show, show yeah. were, uh, from, the two new the songs were, people seem to gravitate towards yeah i nailed it you know on at that show mm-hmm. so 
Yeah, um, and, and, and I saw them not nail it. You know, there was a couple things they didn't nail at that show, but as far as I could tell on the new stuff, they were pretty right on. Dude. Uh, yeah, they messed up Jambi pretty bad. Yeah, Adam a had a hard time with Jambi, but uh, that's okay. I mean, like it happens. Yeah, I, he had a hard time with Schism when we saw them at um, Oak Mountain back in 2000. Mm-hmm. I think you were at that show. 2001. 2001. There you go. October. The, Melvin's open in the middle. In the, in the wet. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, yeah, for but, sure. Uh, but uh, this um, this song was. I, I I didn't listen to the bootlegs. Right. I heard them live, and that was it. Yes. So I was really excited because I thought they were great. This one, I I liked uh, Descending better than this one on first listen. Oh, but I do dig this. Like, me it's too. It's not that it's a bad song. We and and if there was one that had to win me over of the ones we heard, it was this it's one. It's this one, and yeah. And I'm in. Mm-hmm. Oh, Dude, I'm totally in. The, yeah. the Justin stuff right here. Yeah. Is that like a delay or something? Going yeah, it's on? a little slapback. Yeah. Oh, sounds so good. Yeah, his tone is amazing. Perfect. Him and Maynard together, like when they're, it's just the two of them, sounds so good. Oh. Um, but yeah, I, I dig the recorded version quite a lot. Both um, of them, yeah. Oh, dude. We're, we're about descending. to get to Descending. Descending we will get to because it is a banger. There's a part we'll need to skip forward to in that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I love uh, just the dynamics in this one, uh, really kind of pulling back. Uh, it reminds me almost 10,000 Days-ish. Uh, a little bit. A bit, like um, uh, just where it, it kind of like pulls back and then Adam kind of pushes in, brings intensity up, and they peak. I feel like, and I mean this in the best way possible, this album is in a lot of ways like a best of tool. I hear a little bit of undertow. I hear a little bit of anima. I hear a little bit of lateralist, and that, and then some new new, like all mixed in together. Definitely like, some new new. Like this riff is really heavy. It sounds simple. It is not. I, I can assure you, oh, it's not. Now this is this, awesome. This swell solos, yeah. Tone live is just incredible too. Oh. It's super huge. If you get a chance to see them live, do it. Yeah, I think Can't Jesse and I are going to try to get tickets to the LA show next Friday. Oh my gosh! I think we're going to fly out in October and try to see them in LA. I'm so jealous for a homecoming show. That's insane. Yeah, yeah I bet they go nuts there. They're playing two nights in a row at the Staples Center. Wow. Good October twentieth and twenty-first. It's nice to see them uh, just erupt back onto the scene. Dude, you know, like. They had all 10 spots in the top 10 rock charts for digital downloads or whatever. I don't know, but crazy. Yeah. All their albums were back in the top 20 or something. Like, it's so nice. Yeah. Because I do realize that there's, for someone that's never been into them, who may have just seen Sober on MTV or heard it on the radio, like, I I realize there is a bit of a barrier of entry, but... It's nice to see other people give them a shot because of the, oh my God, tools on Spotify. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that's been pretty cool. Totally. This part is, that Maynard is singing, uh, the rhythm, I could tell the first time I heard it, it's going to get stuck in my head. Yes. This part will get stuck in my head, and it'll get stuck in your head. Oh my goodness. 
they're just, they're screaming. craftsmen. I don't... Look, if this is the result of having to wait 13 years... Oh, I don't want to wait another 13, meaning, my friend. Uh, dude, I don't think we will. I meaning, Meaning, th- this is either it or we get one. Uh, yeah, I agree. In four Maybe or five one years, more. You know? It does... So... It does make me a little nervous because one of the lyrics that I never picked out when we saw it live was there's they used the, the lyric swan song in epilogue oh, yeah. in descending. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hope that's not him being like, this yeah, is it. I feel like this whole song, honestly, I might be wrong, but like the lyrics on, on first gut punch pass to me sounds like he wrote this because he struggles trying to remain relevant oh he says i think it, so too you know? like and i think you know like it's buried under layers of like ooh, ponce ooh. de leon yeah you know. and same thing with descending it's it's buried right. under laser layers of psychedelic sounding music and like poetic lyrics but mm-hmm. i think both of those are about the band I, I totally agree couldn't agree more and in fact uh this might be the song where he's most uh what's the word i'm looking for naked Lyrically, uh, is this song to me? When we get to descending, I want to see if you noticed it too, or if I, it was just a weird crackle. But it sounds like his voice cracks mm-hmm. when he comes in with the first vocals, like mm-hmm. it's raw. Sounding. I didn't, I did not catch that. When we the get first to time, it, yeah. we'll we'll crank it up and see. Cool. There's Justin going nuts back there. I had to. <laughs> that dude can play some weird notes on that bass. <sighs> He's my favorite bass player. He's so sick. I mean, he's he's the perfect. They're all so perfect together for what what the band does. Yeah, it's, it's so weird how they can all gel together. Everybody gets their moments, and it all works. Like his weird little bass solo here works. It's That's, not like you know, especially in this album, it doesn't seem like there is any ego going on. Mm-hmm. This is so. Let me give you an example. We both like Metallica. Sure. Well. I like some Metallica. Up to Most Metallica. And then, you know, I, I actually go a little further. Like, mm. there will be a few songs on each album that I tend to like. Even the new stuff. But you can almost hear the fucking Lars Ulrich and James Hetfield ego in it. Like, James has oh. to slam as many lyrics into a verse. You know what I'm saying? Like, let that shit breathe. Right. Your yeah. bandmates are doing awesome shit behind you. Like, mm-hmm. you don't have to skip, scap, scallywhack over the whole thing. Exactly. Like, here's a exactly. here's a good lesson in how to do that. Listen to the effect on that Maynard's voice right here. Trippy. Yeah. Uh, with the synth going on in the background, too. Major, major lateral as oh, yeah. coming up out of this. Like, this part, like, the riff and the part after they come out of this, sounds like it could be at the end of the grudge. Or this skin. riff is very jammed by. Like, yep. Slowed down, of course. But, like... Totally different vibe. Sorry guys, we're just gonna jam this for a second. <laughs> Sorry.
makes me want to walk like a caveman. This is Josh's, we talked about Josh's yeah. favorite part Josh, of the record. This is Josh Isley's jam right here. Okay, we, we gotta move on. Alright, let's else. move on. Yeah, let's move on. Okay, <laughs> so this is Legion Inoculate. This is the next this interlude. Is, this is an interlude, yeah, and, and we can kind of keep these interludes short. You yeah, know, it's, this it's is a, the one we think may be Maynard. It's a bit trippy, you know, like, and, and we'll talk about it a bit, like, uh, you know, if he's totally responsible for it, I think it, it does sound like him just kind of twizzling knobs at a board, kind of. Mm-hmm. But, like, there's actually some vocals here, which a lot of those weird little segs don't have. No. You know, or if they do, it's like a weird Indian chant, you know, like on 10,000 Days or, right. uh, you know, like a sample of a doctor talking to a nurse or something like that. Maynard usually doesn't get involved, basically, is what I'm saying. I totally forgot about that one that leads into Rosetta Stone. Oh, so great. Yeah, it is good. It, like, that one sets a vibe love it. for that the vibe song. That vibe is great. That, you know? that whole... We'll talk about that. Okay. But, but he... Talking about setting a vibe, he does an excellent job of setting a vibe here, I think. Yeah. In between those uh, invincible and descending to slabs of awesomeness. I think... Um, more so than the break between Numa and Invincible. Like, Numa going into Invincible, I think, would be fine. Mm-hmm. But Invincible, like, especially that end section going into Descending, I like the break in between. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, let me go, like, oh, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. So, let's, we got to get to it. This, I'm calling it now, like, I think this is my favorite song. Nice. It's a good one, man. I, 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 you know, I need more listens. Right. I but, think Numa is my jam on the first go, but we'll see. This is also our, this one I can see being like a lot of people's jam too. Um, what's this one holds some significance to Tool fans because they didn't tour for like two or three years, probably when the a lot of the writing of this album was going on, and then in twenty towards the end of 2015, they did like a Halloween show, a one-off Halloween show in Arizona, right? And that was the first time. We heard this because they played nowhere near the final product or the end, you know, anything like that. But they played a little clip of it, like live. Mm-hmm. And then that January, I'm at work one day and we wanted to go see Tool in South Haven slash Memphis, and it sold out immediately. And I was bummed. And I'm at work and Jesse calls me and she goes, "Hey, can you come home?" And I'm like, "Why?" And she's like, "I just bought a $16 Tool tickets off a of StubHub." And it was the day of the show. Whoa. And I was like, yes, let's go. <laughs> so we jumped in the car and sped up there, saw them. They started with No Quarter, which I've never seen Whoa. them play live. Wow. They started with No Quarter. That's insane. It was awesome. Great Led Zeppelin song if you're not familiar with the material. But yeah, that, that was only available on Salival. Salival, which is kind of tough to find. That's not on the streaming. And they, I think it might be because of the Led oh, yeah, Zeppelin cover. Well, there's several oh, covers. Oh, hold on. Yeah. Sorry. I'm going to actually go back. Do it. Okay. Um, but they played this there. And I remember like texting with you next. Went to see Tool. They played a new song. <laughs> and you're like, I believe it when I see it. That was 2016. You were right. Three years later. Three and a half. <laughs> Crazy. Still. Okay. Did his voice crack or am I? It might be, I didn't notice it, but again, I wasn't necessarily listening for it either. But it, uh, next time I will. Yeah, maybe I'm... 
maybe it would didn't sound like it as much as it did to me the first listen so maybe i was just i can hear his vocals a lot better on the headphones than i could on yeah. the couch yeah. which is interesting so that that mix but i definitely plan on listening to this a lot of different ways headphones and without headphones oh yeah it's <laughs> gonna get explored <laughs> gonna explore different like i, I i'm telling you I bought a new fucking sound system for the living room to listen to this new album on. I'll buy fan. I know for a fact I'll I'll be like, dude, I got these fucking Bluetooth headphones. <laughs> they sound crazy. I'm actually in the market for some Bluetooth headphones, so if you uh, find some good ones, let me know. For sure. Love um, his vocals. Oh my god. So when when we saw them in South Haven and they played a little clip of this, he didn't do lyrics, but he did those melodies like. Mm-hmm. Wow, I'm really surprised. Yeah, and it was early. Yeah. Um, so that was, you know, for Tool fans, a step in the right direction. Sure. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. And you, know. you should see the amount of people that have taken recordings of them doing that little snippet and then, like, remastering it and putting animation behind it. There's hundreds of them on YouTube. I believe it. And, dude, that's what held me, like... I lived off. I was like a fucking starving man on a deserted island eating like <laughs> one crab a day that I could manage to catch. You know what I'm saying? A yeah. coconut. <clears throat> coconut that's not even ready to eat yet. Figuring out a way to get in that motherfucking shell and get some kind of sustenance out of it. Dude. Oh, man. And I remember like right before we went to see them recently, mm-hmm. uh, Adam posted on his Instagram some of the riffs from this song and yes. I remember being like oh my god it's it all it all really started to sink into me then yeah that that the new record was was coming well even leading up to all, that show before the show in uh, Florida I was like uh Steve I think they're gonna be playing new material on this tour I'll believe it when <laughs> I see it like Steve held strong man and you can't blame him there's no reason to blame him. Damn right. We've had so many fake outs. So 13 many, like, years, motherfucker. It's been a long time. Danny Carey in 2014 trolling the fans in, a, in an interview saying, yeah, the album's done. It's out tomorrow. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. They hadn't even, even finished writing. But yeah, when I saw him play that riff uh, on Instagram and we went to see them even before they announced the album date, which was amazing just to do that at our show. But uh, I just knew that it was coming soon. And man it was a long wait but it was worth it um i'm glad we held strong until today i know by dude. the way we didn't give dude. in so one of my favorite tool memories is gonna be last saturday i'm up playing video games maybe it was friday and steve texts me and he goes and this was surprising to me because steve is a like a early to bed early to rise type of dude like we always joke with Steve, like, "Oh shit, it's nine o'clock. Is Steve asleep?" Right? <laughs> he texts me at like two in the morning. And he goes, the, "The album leaked. Stay strong." I was like, "I got you." I went to bed. I was like, "I just got to go to bed." <laughs> yeah, I stayed strong, man. Pure. Even today was the h- real hard. I got the uh, physical copy. Came oh. in the mail right at almost exactly at twelve noon, and I just didn't even open the package that it came in for probably an hour. And then I was like. Ah, I want to. I want to open and just hold the box, hold the case. Waited until I got home to actually open it. But man, what a surreal day! Really, like, what a surreal month with them putting the the music back on 
streaming. Easily accessible, yeah. you know? Because I own, I mean, they're right here. I own the albums. Mm -hmm. uh, see, I don't own any CDs anymore. I bought their records plenty of this times. This is probably my third time of each of these albums sure. owning them, you know? And, and I was just like, I was kind of surly about it at yeah. this point. You've, you and I have talked about it. I was like, fuck them. I'm, you know, until they put their shit on uh, Spotify or iTunes, I'm out. And then they, when they did, like, it was like the switch. I was just Here we go. in love again. Like, I Jumping haven't been in forever. It's, and I've, it's been nonstop. Like, um, descending into nothing but Tool. Um, I bought these specifically off of Amazon, like, two years ago. So I could rip them <laughs> like a goddamn caveman <laughs> and transfer them to my phone. Oh, man. You know what I'm saying? Because that's how bad I wanted to listen to the Tool. Oh, man. Yeah, how back in the day is that? Like, I mean, rip shit. You want me to put it up on LimeWire after I'm done? Goddamn, guys. Get like some viruses. Look, I realize you got probably a famously bad record deal. Like, they've always kind of bitched subtly about their record deal. They're real happy that this album is their last album on that record deal. Right. But cut us some slack, man. If you're going to make us wait for 13 years. Like, I understand from an artistic standpoint being like, we want people to listen to the album as an experience. I get it. I right. get it. But I also... Slide Solo is beyond amazing. Don't lose that train of thought, buddy. Oh, no. He might try and make you. Yeah, some overdubbed guitars, oh. which you don't usually hear on Tool Records. Nope. I love it. To me, he's he's a little David Gilmore-esque, but like, you know, he doesn't shoot for um, Flash, nope. Adam Jones. Nope. Like, his solos are very always tasteful, uh, nothing flashy. He's nope. not going to... Tempest, he goes a little nuts, which... I can go nuts, Adam. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, he's always so restrained. But he's, he's got some good, really good moments on this record. Oh, man. When they kick into that riff we talked about that he played on Instagram, which we still have yet to get to. We might have to fast forward to that one. Yeah, we might but have It to. might be coming up soon. I don't know. This one, this is such a good song. Oh, this record. My mind is still spinning that we have new tools and it's awesome. Yeah, That's going to probably show up on the Blue Harvest soundboard. <laughs> it's weird it's like seeing a trailer for a movie mm -hmm. three and a half years good. before the movie comes out you know mm -hmm. it's like if they started advertising episode 7 coming out in 2012 and I was like I gotta wait three years for that but not even knowing they're like eh, it's coming sometime <laughs> Sometimes. At some point, right? Yeah. Whenever we feel like filming the motherfucker, it's coming. <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you what, everybody listening, really, you should get headphones and listen to this record. Oh. And as, as much of in a, a relaxed state, or however you get there, get there. Get there and, and listen to this on headphones. 
because like doing this as opposed to what we just sat down and listened to, I can't wait to do this again. Oh no, man! Like I'm sitting here Doing thinking it tonight. like I'm thinking like, oh, so that's what I'm doing when they leave. <laughs> I'm gonna hook up my headphones to the TV yep. and work and listen to this on <laughs> headphones. That's that's my evening sorted. <laughs> ah, sorted for a while, I would imagine. Probably the next oh. few nights. <laughs> There's gonna be some Fire Emblem played to this album. Oh man. Oh okay. They faked me out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm telling you, like, on first listen of the recorded version, I love the live version. Recorded. This is one going to be one of my favorites. Totally. We talked about this earlier. The synth here. I'm fairly sure this is Maynard playing synth. Talked about it. it's not complicated, but it's fucking awesome. Yeah. It's the song like a glove. Yeah. It gives it just that little extra dimension. It, it's it's. It's, I don't know if we've used the term prog rock yet on this podcast, but I'm going to do it now. It's, it's very prog rock, including this riff. This is what he played on Instagram. Am I wrong? No, it's, it's a little still, later. That's yeah. right. I always get it confused. But the, but it's the gong is coming. That's right. This is the Here it comes. Yep. And then into this next part. <laughs> yeah, when they hit this, when they played this live, I remember being like, oof. This is when the lasers, well, the lasers came out on the gong, but. They just, they own these bridges of just, like, instrumental, just badassitude. This is another toolism, like, where they, they just, they could have ended there. Oh, yeah. But more solo. Just a little more. <laughs> oh, you thought I was done? You ever seen a fucking silver burst, motherfucker? <laughs> Through a Marshall motherfucker? Marshall and a diesel. There you go, both. His tone is so massive. Yeah. His pedal board is pretty big, but it's not, I don't think, crazy. It's not like you would see some. Right. I've seen some guys go over the top. You know, like back in the day in like the new metal era, like it was almost like swinging your dick around how big your pedal board sure. was. Yeah. Oh, you, I've seen that you know since I mean? then. Yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> for sure. But, all right. Okay. Great fucking song. Great okay, song. Okay, so... This next song, Calling Voices, I knew nothing about. Nothing. Um, I really dig it. I feel like it's... I think it might be a sleeper. A- agreed. A this sleeper is, hit. Like, is... I liked it a lot on first listen. I think I might end up being obsessed Me too. with this one down the road. This one, if you're into like a Maynard thing, this is going to be your jam, I think. Um, I mean, it's not, you know, it's it's different tool Maynard. It's it's mellowed, right? You know, we talked about it, but it's it's like almost like a ballad for the first half. First half, first three, first three quarters, quarters, maybe. Yeah, even. first three quarters. It is. You get to rock. Adam and Maynard for a while, yep. and Adam, I believe, uses a loop pedal here. Yes, for this part, and then right. he starts riffing over the top of himself because he starts this, which is cool. Mm-hmm. It's real cool.
this has a, a sneaky quality to it to when we were listening to it the first time like all of a sudden we're like when the rest of the band show up how long have they been here <laughs> yeah that was a good state of mind we were in the right state of mind yeah I take it back. His vocals are most forward in this song. This one for sure. Yeah, this is this is your jam. There's the second half. Yeah, there's riff. there's he's he's on in on himself now. Yeah, I think that one's going to be a sleeper. Yeah, I do too. It's so it's much so build. that like with all of them that we heard tonight, I have a section where I was like, oh, that's badass. This one, like it just kind of melded together. I, this is one that's going to require a lot more sure. uh, sort of digging. I like it. It's it's going to be the deep cut on the record yeah. that nobody talks about. Maybe they don't even play it live. Sure. Yeah, know? but like, you know, that can also be awesome. And I bet they play it live. You think so? I, I bet they play it live. Yeah. So okay, out of these, so we know they're gonna. They, we know they play Invincible and Descending. Mm-hmm. We saw it. Mm-hmm. They better play Numa. I would be shocked if they didn't play Numa. So are we looking at a situation? Because I would like to hear. hear I don't Tempest. I don't know. I don't, don't know, know if they're gonna play Tempest. Yeah. That's that's my one reservation. They might. They're known to do that, but that's that's got to be a tough one to recreate. Holy shit, that yeah. sounds insane. How do you not lose your place? With that said, they they typically do that. You know what I mean? Like Third Eye kind of felt like that when it came yeah. out, and, and they I would opened say with that the on song that Lateralis. That's yeah. Well, no, Lateralis. I always expected them to play that. Line. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, okay. Like, um, I don't know. I struggle to think of a of a. You know, Flood off of Undertow. Right. They actually played that when I saw them back in 1998 at an Ozfest. Oh, okay. Which was, was, I did not expect to hear that song. You know, like, they they are in a habit of playing the song you don't think they're going right. to play. So, <clears throat> All right. So we're going to move on yeah, to this, Chocolate. Because this, this takes a while. This has got a serious build. Yeah. Serious build. But the man has got a lot to say in this song. Chocolate Chip Trip. Okay. Which... This is the most fully realized uh, seg on the record, I feel like. Right. Even though it's weird as fuck. It is. And we technically saw this too. Yeah, we saw this. You know, like it was on the set list as CC Trip. Right. But he even said in that, uh, Danny, in that podcast he did a couple weeks ago, like, it's never going to be the same as it is on the album. Mm-hmm. It'll just be different every night, which is fine. Um, I really doubt there's anybody out there when they play this going play it like the record <laughs> no <laughs> i no. hope not anyway you know i can see if you wanted descending or invincible to sound like the record but this one you got to embrace the um, the weirdness of it the weirdness once and again the improvisation it's of fucking it. mandela pads mm-hmm. synthesizers and then all of a sudden there, there's also drum drumming going on mm-hmm. The, the him deleting everything is a real jazz spirit. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, it's such an improv thing to do. And that's he apparently that's what he's been doing mm-hmm. in the years between the ten thousand days of this. He plays at this place called the Baked Potato. That's a mm-hmm. jazz club. Yeah, he plays there fairly often, mm-hmm. a few times a year. He's always been a guy who has really kind of 
explored drumming. He seems like the um, in between records, the student of his instrument out of the band. The George Harrison traveled to uh, India. India. Oh, for for sure. <laughs> Dan, like you ever, if you went up to Danny Carey and you're like. Hey man, what'd you think of DMT? He'd be like, "Oh man, it's awesome." Let me tell you, dude. You know, I'd be like, "What I about love it, dude?" Ayahuasca three times, played a tabla drum for four hours <laughs> afterwards. Stoned you know out of my mind. Yeah, like he is the experimenter. Yeah, I, I love, I love him. He's honestly listening to that podcast was really illuminating uh, to hear him talk about his early days as I, a drummer because they seem like such sort of. For the most part, they seem sort of humble about what they do in the band. But on that podcast, he was not. It was kind of nice to hear. He was like, nobody does what we do. Right? Yeah. He was like, for four years. Swagger, yeah. Like For four years, we were in the practice space. Now, granted, this made me laugh because he was like, from one to four, Monday through Thursday. <laughs> I was like, oh, three hours. Uh, you work three hours a day? Yeah, wow. Four days a so week? Hard. This is another song where the drums sneak up on you yeah like because he puts you to sleep with this weird ass like electronic thing that's going on and then the next thing you know there's an insane drum solo happening oh insane yeah listen This almost sounds like it could be a Primus song. Like, I could you oh, see yeah. Les Claypool? <laughs> Somebody got a big brown beaver and I'm looking for a Alright. Cool, cool stuff, Danny. We love it. <sighs> the song we heard about. Alright. That Sebastian Bach himself said, there's a 20 minute song on the new album. That was the first word. Seven Empist. Simpist. <laughs> seven, seven Tempest. Tempest. But apparently seven is, is the theme, is of, the the theme of the record. Apparently, if you break down a lot of the riffs, they're, they're in seven, seven. Which I haven't done yet, which I look forward to doing Apparently, that this point. is the big one. Right. Like, maybe they just put all their riffs that were in seven. I don't know. I'm not good at like the figuring that out. Me, you know. I mean, it takes me a minute, but it, I'll get there. How... I don't know how you would keep your place in the song if you were going to play it live. That's the thing. You would really have to rehearse the shit out of it. And I don't know that we're, like, honestly, we're not going to be able to get to half of the weird stuff. Because it's a 16-minute song. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's insane. It's riffs on riffs on, on riffs, riffs on riffs. riffs. Yo, dog. I heard you like riffs. <laughs> would you have rather them taken all the riffs in this song and giving us two albums i mean they could they really could have like an entire would, second cd it wouldn't have been the same thing you know no, what i mean like of course but yeah i love um, it it's just adam this going first rat riff though play the fight riff john You're gonna get Maynard on this album. Yeah, he drops an F-bomb. Sounds like the Enderbirds out of stone.
Hell yeah. I can't sit here and listen to it all. Like, yeah. I'm getting sucked in because it's only my second time hearing it. Me too. It. I want to listen to it again. But, like, in all seriousness, this is like a garden of riffs. And it, you just need to really just kind of don't worry about it. Taking it all in on the first first Pick a go. couple pieces out and stick to them. It's going to take a minute. But I feel like there's genius at work here. Oh, dude. I, halfway through, I leaned over and I was like, have you ever seen or heard something for the first time and just immediately know, like, that's my thing? This is my thing, y'all. This is our thing. Cookies, cookies and cream. And cream. There's I your cookies and cream. I picked it up the first time. I was like, did he just say cookies and cream? <laughs> did not see that coming. All right. So tell me about how you got into school. Okay. So over the garden of riffs. When I was a kid, uh, I didn't have a TV in my room for the longest time. So if I wanted to play Nintendo, I had to wait until my parents were done with the TV. If I wanted to play Sega Genesis, had to wait. I'm, this is giving you the timeline. Mm-hmm. For Christmas, I got a Nintendo 64. And I got Shadows of the Empire and fucking Mario 64. And I wanted to play them so bad. And bugged my parents. Like, come on, let me use the TV, please. So they eventually took our giant wooden cabinet floor model TV. Like the big, like, not even big. Like 20 inches or something, but in the big wooden cabinet. Moved it into my room and then then got themselves like a nice oh, I bet you were modern TV. I had my own TV for the first time. They ran cable in there. I could watch MTV until the break of dawn. Well, I'm up late one night, 120 minutes mm-hmm. with Matt Penfield. Remember Matt Penfield? Of and course. they played Prison Sex by Tool, and it freaked me out yeah, those videos are wild you know that feeling you get when like something freaks you out and you start looking over your shoulder like mm-hmm. something's gonna be behind you that's the exactly. feeling I have yeah. so they scared me at first and then a couple of years go by and you know I'm into heavier music at this point and I start hearing like oh there's gonna be a new Tool album in the next couple of years and like all the mythology behind Tool and, uh, a cousin of mine burns me Undertow and Anima on CD. That's my first experience. So liked it so much that then I went and bought the albums. So my first Tool album I got on release date was Salivall. Cool. That cool. was my first one I got on release date, which was the year before Lateralis. It was came out. really close to Lateralis, though. About a I, year or eight months. I don't know. Eight six months, months could eight be six, six to months, eight yeah. months. Sounds right. Yeah, because I can I can precisely place that in the timeline as we'll yeah. talk about. But yes, for me, I was in high school. It was 1994. Okay. And I remember the girl behind me. Her name was Stephanie. Uh-oh. She was starting to go through a rebellious phase. Oh, fuck yeah. And she brought Undertow to class. Because I guess her boyfriend turned her on to it or something like that. Right. And she sat right behind me. And she was showing her friend. And I turned around and I was like, what are y'all looking at? She showed me. And I was like, oh, this looks cool. Yeah. Right? Like the album art with the the, the rib, rib cage, cage on red it. rib cage on there yeah like it's you it's got that red rib cage it's got the um fork and 
spoon combo on the CD. And there was actually this is an old or a newer version, a newer because, pressing. Yeah, because the one the, of them had the guy sucking his own dick on the CD, right? No, that's, like, that's Anima. Oh, that's Anima. Excuse me. No, uh, uh, Undertow has the. Uh, that's that's right. Undertow has the thing beneath the yeah, jewel now, case. The first copy of Undertow I ever got, the jewel case was black, so you me couldn't too. see that. Me too. You can and just you could, see through the, the little tiny thing in the middle. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then you take it out, and it's a cow it's licking a its own butthole. That's right. Yeah. So that was great. And then there's uh, like the actual liner notes as well are interesting because there's a picture of a very large lady very large lady in a bathtub yeah well she's she's with a guy but there's like one way if you can hold it up to the light that the rib cage totally envelops her oh yeah i forgot about that yeah try that yeah it it totally works it does you got to use a brighter light than than that but it does work yeah it's like, even back then, they were doing interesting shit with their album packaging. Yeah. You know, I think Undertow is... Or not Undertow. Opiate's probably the exception. Mm-hmm. But, you know. Oh, iconic. the riff. The riff. Oh. Broke that Steve's broke brain. my mind. Yeah, that was really good. That that was crazy. <laughs> Perfectly timed up. To, time to like catch it too. Yeah, I was worried about that. Oh, hold. Uh, we gotta take a break. We got a wheelchair delivery. Oh, he's just dropping it. He's just dropping it. We'll get that in a second. Thanks, buddy. Whew, new wheelchair day. Fuck yeah. <laughs> new tool day. New wheelchair day. And yeah. I'm living in a simulation, Steve. You are a fucking figment of my imagination. <laughs> uh, it's the stuff is going way too well. Knock on wood. Come on now. Um, so anyway, I remember listening to it and it was definitely darker than the stuff I was into at the time, which was more like Pearl Jam. Right. You know, I guess. And then this was definitely like dark, but like mm-hmm. thoughtful, you know, it was, it, it had like some, you know, the, the lyrics were smart. Right. I dug it a lot and I really dove down the rabbit hole. I went and, and found an opiate after that. Which, was it a little harder to find back in the day? Uh, I found it just in a mall record store. I can't even remember what it was called at the time. But uh, Camelot music. It could have been. It could have been. I don't know. But, you know, I, I bought it. It wasn't that hard to find, I guess. Um, but, you know, you could tell it was an early record for them. With that said, there's some serious highlights on that record, oh, too. Which yeah. we'll talk about. For um, sure. Uh Anima, I actually got on release day. I remember what, I was in college, 97, and Berkeley and I drove to Montgomery to get it. Uh, well, he had to go do something there, and we went to the record store and bought it. Listened to it on the way home. I remember listening to it on his shitty sound system in his car, and I was like, huh, I'm not so sure. Oh, really? And then I got back home and listened to it on my stereo, and I was like, oh, never, never mind. mind. <laughs> <laughs> We're um, good. <clears throat> Anima, what Great an record. album! Yep, um, Lateralis. Dude. Now you did that one. You got on release day, though, right? Release day, my last day of high school. Wow, my last day of high school was the release day for Lateralis. So we got out at like twelve that day. I hopped in my shitty Ford Tempo, drove to the mall, Camelot Music, picked up my copy of Lateralis, much like 
tonight, I had refused to listen to the Napster leaks and shit. Me too. Popped it in the stereo, stopped and got gas, was off to Atlanta to see Tool for the first time. That was my first Tool experience was seeing them that night. Really nice. So, sort of also historic for Tool. Um, I think that's the first night they played like Schism live, Lateralis live. Wow. Uh, Parable and Parabola. like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was this weird thing where people were using counterfeit tickets. So people were going in and then they figured it out and they made everybody come back outside and then started like doing like the laser scanner tickets or whatever, scanning the tickets. Mm-hmm. And it took forever to get in there. Wow. Um, huh. Amazing show though. Yeah, that's great. I remember being in Tom's River, New Jersey. If uh, uh, Johnny, Johnny Grasso was, was not listening to he's this. He's not a Tool fan. He was like, oh, oh, are they going to review the new Nickelback album? Does <laughs> Springsteen put out a new joint? I'll hear that. Yo. Fuck that. But, you don't uh, like anyway. Springsteen? No, I love Springsteen. Okay. Uh, Nickelback. Sorry, Nickelback. Yeah. Fuck off. But uh, I, 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 I was in New Jersey, and I went to the midnight release of this of Lateralis. And I remember most people... There, it was packed, but honestly, it was mostly for people there buying the new Weezer record. The Green Album? The Green Album dropped the same they day. They came out of... King Tom, if you listen to this, buddy, that's a meeting of the minds. King Tom loves... Weezer is his tool. I like Weezer. I, I like Pinkerton and uh, the Blue Album a lot. The Green Album, I you know, I kind of was out on them at that point but I definitely respect Weezer but uh, yeah I remember being excited the album art for Lateralis I think is particularly cool one of the coolest till today maybe my favorite yeah I think it's, it's really the clear awesome. the like, clear is so cool in yeah. it's layers that like deconstructs that dude's body with mm-hmm. like it's their first collaboration with Alex Gray mm-hmm. and one of the things that I thought was kind of fucked up on the Reddit subreddit leading up to the new album was how many people were like, I hope they don't work with Alex Gray again. What the fuck? Like, dude, like, that's like peanut butter and chocolate. Yeah, no, that's you know, dude. That's cool yeah. and aid. No, Ham and burger. Like, that's <laughs> that's the meeting of the minds there. Yeah, I'm fine with him doing stuff with him forever. Yeah. Uh, and then 10,000 Days. I remember that one. We had a little bit of a leak situation going on. We didn't have any vows of, <laughs> no. of celibacy back no, then. No, before Steve and I really started hanging yeah. out. He was listening to a leaked version of 10,000 Days from yours truly. That you provided to yep. Josh, yeah. And I remember listening to that on my way to Pensacola, Florida. Oh, I love this story. Yeah, story. we were driving through like an insane rainstorm, thunderstorm. And I was, I had been with my sister, I was with my sister. She was driving and uh, her husband was in the front seat and I was in the back seat with my buddy Brad. And uh, Lauren had listened to it and she was like, eh. I'm not I'm not crazy about it. Right. But that's, you know, that's her in a nutshell. So I was like not a f- I wasn't going to get down on it until right, I had until heard, you heard it. it yourself. Right. So I'm sitting in the back seat the whole time driving through this crazy thunderstorm listening to this record while I was feeling good. <laughs> you and were I'm, uh what what is it? Enhanced. Enhanced. And I that's remember what we looking at say. Brad cuz we had talked about her not liking it and I, I I was like I don't know about you but this record's pretty fucking awesome. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm digging it. So, yeah, I dug that record. Uh, that was a really fun time. I still bought it on release day. You oh, know, but dude. I am I am the... Like, when people are like, I don't know, man. Maybe Napster isn't a bad thing. Because it'll get somebody into a band, and then they'll go out and buy the CD. Mm-hmm. I was the poster child for that. 
if I downloaded a band I liked on uh, Napster, I was buying the album. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I had morals about it. I'll steal <laughs> and give it back to you. <laughs> and with Tool, like, fuck, I bought, like I said, these are probably my third copies of these albums. Yeah, I bought them a ton. And that's, I bought them again yeah. on iTunes when they came out. Yeah, I, so, told you, I told you. I was like, just put it on iTunes. I'll buy it. I don't yeah. care. Just give me that option so I can listen um, to it on my phone. But I'm happy they're back. This new record is phenomenal. There's like one other track, which is uh, really the most, the most fuck off of yeah. the uh, segs. I don't really have much to say about that one. Um, listen to it if you're on the fence and you're just listening to this because you're a fan of Blue Harvest and you're not checking you out wanna- Tool. Check it out. Check it you out. Yeah, we man. had a, you know, I've uh, definitely had some people hitting me up on Twitter being like, I can't wait to hear you talk about the Tool album. I'm glad you like Tool. I like Tool. And then there has been the sort of like spillover effect where like our, our friend Emily Lynn checked out the new single and seemed to dig it. So. Cool, cool. Good. Yeah. Which I dig your new podcast with her, by the way. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. So uh, <laughs> I think we're also going to do... As yes. an aside here for the hardcore fans, our each we each did a top ten Tool won- songs list that does not include anything off Fear Inoculum. No, this is top ten songs without anything new. Right. right? So, do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? You decide. I can go first. Okay, it's fine. We'll go Steve's top ten. This is going to be first one is going to be bottom on to your top? list. We, we oh yeah, let's do the honorable mention first. Bottom. I have a swamp song from Undertow. And okay. This is a this is a just kind of a guilty pleasure because the lyrics are kind of silly, but like it reminds oh. me of college where but I when used to somebody call fucks you over, stupid dumbass motherfuckers a lot. Yeah. <laughs> when someone fucks you over, this is the song to listen. To. Totally. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's vintage, like pissed off Maynard, where he's like, just a, like you stupid fucker. You like, know what I mean? You got a bad roommate. This is your theme song <laughs> when you live with a bad roommate. Yeah, it's really funny, but there's like some awesome riffs in this song like Adam oh, kills is. it on this one yeah so I'm gonna pass this to you you just change you, you know what I'm saying alright so you want me to keep going on yeah. just my list okay alright so honorable mention that was a great song honorable mention okay now this next one is uh, is actually not this version of the song but it's off the salable version Oh, uh, it's called Push It. See you on the other side. On the other side. Exactly. On the other yes. side. On the now, other the, side. the album version is fine. It's, it's good. fine. It's it, it. This one had to grow on me when I first heard it. This, so I totally forgot about this. Mm-hmm. Like so, this version is fine, but like, if you should do yourself a favor and go to YouTube and listen to the live version of this song. Off a of I think it's really good. It and is superior. Uh, this is a strong song. Uh, epic. With some cool bridges. Did you say the name? Push it. Push it. Yeah. Push it. How to honor? He push says it. it different ways. Push it. Yeah. So this is this is my number ten, and none of these are in any particular order. Right. Like we should get, say that, I guess. Yeah. All right. Coming up next. Who are you to wave your Undeniable. That's yeah, pretty catchy. Like the first time anybody hears this, that you know is just like, oh yeah, that's what's up. Um, speaking of bad roommates. Add this bad roommate. His name started with an E. It's not the bad roommate you knew. This was bad roommate back in Starkville. When I got this album early and was listening to this song, he was like, it sounds like Maroon 5. Ugh. And I was like, oh, it sounds like you're about to be Maroon dead, motherfucker. <laughs> How dare you? That's right. It's a song called The Pot. And uh, 
I think it's like Maynard at his most acrobatic. Like he's like yeah, high register here. And this was later in career Maynard. I, I guess he was well later in career. I guess he was what like 42. Yeah. So probably that's not 42, that old. 41. Yeah. So he you know he still had some spryness to him at that point. Anyway, this song has a lot of really cool jams to it. Let me see if I can skip to. There's uh, oh, this one is real good. <laughs> there's a good little breakdown coming up. is this breakdown that comes up here it's just what are the kids saying chef's lit. kiss <laughs> it's fire it's lit I don't know man it's the dopest dope I've ever smoked it's like they're, they're gonna do it right they're gonna kick in to that sweet beat maybe not here it comes <laughs> Okay, cool. All right. Great stuff. Next is off Undertow. It's a song called Flood. and it's It has a real long intro. Really long but it's intro. But it builds and builds into this, like, really just to where Maynard is just really, like, letting you have yep. it. It works live, too, if you can get through that weird intro, which they sometimes have a little bit of trouble doing. There's lots of just stops and, like, just hits. The... This is with the old bass player. Yep. Was not necessarily chopped liver. I thought that dude was pretty good. Oh, yeah. I think for sure. Justin is superior. I think he's awesome. That guy plays for ministry now. Does he? Yeah. Interesting. Cool. You would always wonder, like... So he left them after Undertow. Mm-hmm. Do you ever think he's like, fuck? <laughs> Sees Danny driving by in an orange Lamborghini and he's like, God damn it. Yeah, it's, I don't know. Is it like what Pete Best leaving the Beatles? Right. Somewhat, somewhat around there. Anyway, this is a good one uh, off Undertow. Kind of underappreciated, in my opinion, because of that intro. Yeah. Like a lot of people kind of write it off. But I but like it, it because of that. Awesome. Like, here you go. Like, Pissed off Maynard. If you want pissed off Maynard, here this you is go. where you go. Yeah. Also, speaking of pissed off Maynard, this is this track off Anima. It's called Hooker, Hooker, with, a Hooker penis. with a Penis. Dude, do not ever tell Maynard James Keenan that he sold out. No. Nope. Because he's going to write a seven minute song. No, I'm pretty it. sure that this character is fictional. But it paints such a funny It's hilarious. Image. I remember before this record came out. Uh, there used to be a website. Oh, it's probably still there. Toolshed.down.net. That was the spot. Gone. Everybody knows. It's gone? Well, it's there. But, like, the dude was like, I've waited too long. Like, got it. You know, you know what that dude does? Mm-mm. He produces, like, he produced Orange is the New Black. He produced Orange is the New Black? Weeds. Like, wow. He's had, I think, weeds. He's a big-time, like, Hollywood producer. Huh. Well, I love his website back in the day. Me he too, used to dude. Get the, he, had the, he had the hookup on lyrics. Maynard used mm-hmm. to give him lyrics. And uh, he published them on his website before the record came out. And I remember reading the lyrics for this one, being like, like how's this going to work? Like, it's just <laughs> bitching about somebody. But, like, it totally works, and it leads up to this awesome, like, 
part where he's just screaming fuck you buddy over and over again and somehow it totally just works for me i don't know how it oh i love this part coming up right here Title track off of uh, Undertow record. I had to have it represented. This song really is one of my favorites. An excellent song. Some of the weirdest timings you'll hear, uh, like on a breakdown riff later. But I feel like their dynamics in this one, we're kind of on a different level than the rest of the record. All right, let's move on. Next up. This is my one nod to Opiate. Jerk off. Live version. Great song. Let me see if I can get it to the right spot. With the scream. I'll let you hear that riff for a second. Alright. So, this song really stuck out to me. Because of... The scream that Maynard has at the end of this song. Coming up. This isn't even it. No. This isn't even it. It's coming up. But like, I remember listening to this in my room as like a pissed off, you know, young younger yep. person, ready to rage at the world, and this scream kind of encapsulated it all. It's it's interesting. Like emotionally, I have no need for this anymore. But damn, did it serve its purpose when but I was yeah. a kid. Me too, yeah. And I still love listening to it. But this, this is what I need today. Totally. It's so yeah. good. I just wanted to give this shout out yeah. back to the old man. Good stuff. All right. No, more weird tool here. This is Rosetta Stone off 10,000 oh. Days. <laughs> this was a sinker for me. The first time I heard it, I was like... What does he do? What Me too. This obviously is meant to be listened to like a thousand times. Mm-hmm. It's gibberish the first time you hear it. But Have you ever seen them chance, do this live? No, and yeah. I don't think they ever will. I saw them do you it live. You saw them do it live? I saw them do it live in 2007. Wow. They, I can't remember if they opened with this or Jambi. Hmm. It was about a year after 10,000 Days came out. They did not play this when I saw it. Yeah, them. man. They definitely played it. You can huh. find live versions of it on YouTube. Crazy. Pretty his, good. His lyrics here are just so fast weird and weird. And fast, yeah. But like, it gets to a point where it's just totally kind of in a groove. Lots of time changes. Danny Carey is just holding the whole thing together. And it's got one of my all-time favorite bridges as well. Let's get to that, too. Good Nailed skip. It. Here it comes. This is the star of the show when it comes to the song in mind. Oh, totally, without a doubt. This is why you, you kind of sit through it. And not sit through it in a bad way, but because every part of the song has gotten interesting to me at this point. But this is definitely like where it peaks. Good stuff. All right. Going back to uh, the Anima record, another pissed off Maynard song. This song... 
So, you know, I went to a... Um, song's called Eulogy. I went to a really religious school. And uh, I'll just say this song um, served me well yeah. in like my junior and senior year of high school. We imitated him a lot, too, uh, at band practice with Maynard because he does the... He does it through a megaphone and it sounds awesome on the record. But like, it's pretty silly when you just do it on its own. There it is. It's almost like they let a duck into the room to record. But it totally works. Like, at some point, he even changes key with mm-hmm. the rest of the band and it totally is awesome. <laughs> Alright, and then my top two tool songs. Number two. Justin Chancellor, welcome to Tool. Yeah, here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Worried it was about, worth the price of admission. Worried about a uh, worried about a member change in a band? Worry no longer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. And then special shout outs to uh, Danny Carey for. Uh, oh, can we? Sh- oh. So do you remember when we went to see Eulogy, the Tool cover band, the Tool tribute band? Yes. This is how hungry we were for Tool. We went to see a tribute band, and we left like, that was good. That was real good. And when they played this song, Steve got down on his knees on my level, and we were, I and the drummer, like, don't you fuck this up. Don't you fuck this part up. (laughs) I mean, he did pretty good. Passable. Like, I mean, nobody's Danny Carey. Right. But he did a pretty passable job that night. One of my favorite stories you've ever told me about Tool was one you weren't even there to experience. It was recently. <laughs> it was a recent. different yeah. Tool Let's tribute band. Name. We won't. Uh, was playing at... Uh, somewhere in town. Somewhere in town. Yep. And what ha- you tell the story. You- I, I can't even remember what they played. A coworker of mine was there. Uh, it, but they, uh, they played a song and started it and decided to start over and somebody in the crowd just yelled oh you you fucked it up oh you fucked it up dude i i love that story so much oh here it comes all right and my number one which i think might be also your number one I think there's going to be some comedy in our top tens, buddy. <laughs> it's awesome. So, Lateralis, that's it. Lateralis by Tool. I remember being like, oh, this is a nine-minute song. Yep. It's so awesome. The Let me say one thing about this. It, I don't know what the Fibonacci sequence is. I haven't looked that deeply into that. But when it kicks in, it's in musician speak, it's a measure of nine, it's a measure of eight, and then a measure of seven. Which is pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Like to just keep rotating like that weird time signatures. Pretty brave, but they make it sound effortless. Like it, you don't even notice it if you're not looking for it. All right. You ready? Let's do it. Because we're ki- we will be hearing this song again very shortly. <laughs> First up on my top 10, right into off of 10,000 Days. I like this. This one. was a insane singer for me. This song didn't get its hooks into me until seeing it live. After seeing it live for the first time, I was like, I think I love that song, you guys. And what it's, to me, <clears throat> you could compare um, Culling Voices to this song a little bit because it is a slow build. And when it builds, it gets huge. Sure. The end of this song is insane, too. Like that, it's it's 46 and 2 esque, like what mm-hmm. they build into with this, the, the bass and the drums yep. just jamming that note while Adam just riffs over it. 
It really works. Really nice vocals. Memorable vocal I'm going to try and... Oh, well, I restarted it. All right. <laughs> okay. So number nine, we've heard this. Skip to a different part of the song. Oh, to a different part of eulogy? <laughs> yeah, just a different okay. part of it. Yeah. All right, let's see what we got going. Perfect. Perfect. I mean, that's the beauty of Joel's songs. You can skip to any part of it, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's part rules. Dude, I'm telling you, not being down with religious authority in the junior and senior year, this was like... My fucking dun da dun, dun my Indiana Jones theme song in high school and another song that's coming up. You could blare it, you know. Pulling into the parking lot, uh-huh. all pissed off in my fucking uniform and being like, ah, gah. <laughs> Whatever. Can't can't listen to it in the car if I'm taking certain kids that are in class with me around. Oh, right. Because they'll get on to me because of curses. Oh. oh. We won't miss them. Nope. Uh, number eight. Now, this is the second part of what I consider to be one long song, but they split it up. Sure. Parabola. Classic. Oh. And so I've seen this. This is a this is a fairly common appear like song that appears on their set list. And I've seen them do it two ways. I've seen them do the full parabola or par- parable with parabola. And I've seen them just cut right into Parabola. Same. I like the I like the full thing. The full thing. The build up. People on Reddit love the transition. transition. It's so good. They're really into it. I mean, it's great. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. They they do transitions like no band really, in in my opinion. And what's funny is if it wasn't, you know, 2001 when this came out, and they were still like, well, we should be on radio. There was no streaming. You know what I mean? That probably would have been one long song. Sure. If they wrote that during the fear inoculum period, it would have just been one long song, not even all. It's so straightforward. Yeah. You know what I mean? Definitely. This was this was one of the more straightforward songs on this record. Oh, so good, though. Vintage Adam. Huh? Vintage Adam. Yep. All right. Next up from Opiate. Your one nod to Opiate. Is Opiate. I had to have a nod to it there, too. Good stuff. Also, religious. Yeah, it was a big one. There you go. Yep. Um, Yeah, man. I definitely blasted this at home, too, with the intention of... Yeah, mom and dad, listen to this shit. <laughs> what do you think of that? Yeah, I'm edgy. Yeah, <laughs> I've got my own opinions now. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean, exactly. uh, dude? Look, look, I'm not gonna try and act cooler than like, no, nah, man. This was for an ed- like for an edge lord, 15, 16, 17, 18 year old. This was the ooze from Ninja Turtles. Right. It, it's where I drew my powers from. But it it. it gave rise to such a Goliath you wouldn't have guessed from nope. listening to this record that they we we would have listened to tonight you know would have would have nope. happened like that's what I want to do if I get time travel powers I want to go back to the very first like the release date of Opiate and go around to Tool's friends and family and be like this is what they're going to be doing in like 
over 20 years. This is what these guys are going to be up to. What do you think about that? Yeah. All right. Next up from 10,000 Days, Jombie. Love this song. Oh. This helicopter riff. Sorry about that. We had to take a quick pee break. <laughs> Oof, lots good, of liquids. Good spot to stop, though. Yeah. So the helicopter riff. Um, man, this song. Um, let me get to... The talk box solo? <laughs> the Joshy part. Oh, yeah. Good. And then he gets all pre- Peter Frampton on us. <laughs> That's who does that, right? Yeah. Peter Frampton. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All or, right. Or Alice in Chains. <laughs> Next song on the list. That's the second time hearing this one, too. It's Flood from Undertow. <laughs> nice. Uh, look, we, we talked about it before. We don't really have to rehash it, but. It's great. It's good song. It's a really good builder. Like, hints at what's to come for the next record. Mm hmm. Um,. Next up, once again, Who are you the pot. Let's hear, the, let's hear the end of it where Maynard yells. It's like one of the better yells of the okay. record. Where do you think I should jump to on that? Maybe about... That's good. The puns he's throwing around in this one are oh, really right. like just all over. What's funny is when you first heard the title, I was like, "Oh, it's a song about weed," mm-hmm. but it's not. It's not. Yeah. It uses the imagery of "you must be hot," "you must have been high," but it's the pot calling the kettle black. Like, you know what I mean? Strange that there's a completed unreleased video for that song. I'd love to see it. Yeah, me too. There's apparently a video for Undertow that, not Undertow, Opiate that they've done more recently. That's also unreleased. Next up on the list, the opening track to currently not just my favorite Tool album, my favorite album of all time. (laughs) Hearing this on release day in my shitty fucking Iowa CD player in my Ford fucking Tempo. Oh my God. I remember getting back. I, I bought the record and didn't listen to it on my way home in the car. Waited until I got home so I could listen to it on headphones. And I remember thinking that this was a pretty damn good start to the record. So good. You got a Maynard scream at the end. Like a minute long one. Yeah. Which he doesn't do anymore. That's fine. Fine. Because I can hear it. But this song is still awesome live. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. They opened with this when we saw him in 2001. Yep. I remember we had gotten there then because it was pouring rain. Dude. The most, like, so, the I saw them at the... Uh, tabernacle. The Tabernacle. I keep forgetting that. And then that winter slash fall, they went on a full tour. I flew to North Carolina, went to see them with my cousins, then came back and, like, two weeks later, saw them in Birmingham at Oak Mountain. And, like, there was questions on whether the show would even happen because there's tor- yeah. tornado warnings all day and... It rained the entire time. I bought a poncho when I got inside, but I'm already soaked. 
So I'm wearing a dry poncho on top of wet clothes. <laughs> like, yeah, I was soaked to but the bone. No complaints. Mm, it was a great show. I remember getting there and hearing them kick into this as we were going in, like running, trying to get, get yeah. to the seats. Yeah, because it was chaos. Like yeah. the parking lot and stuff, people trying to get in. It was madness. It was madness. All right, my top two <laughs> also happen to be Steve's top two. <laughs> That's great. 46 and 2. I think a lot of people probably. I don't. The day they take this song off their set list is a travesty. Yeah. This was a this was a song I learned to play on guitar, and I remember being like really proud of myself back then, as it was like kind of like a stepping stone for me to be able to do it well and being like, yes, I can, yeah. I can play guitar. Yeah. Um, what can we say that we didn't already say? This song's awesome. Welcome to the band, Justin Chancellor. Danny Carey's sick. Uh, I would I would take this over Stinkfist and the song Anima. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on me the too. set list me like too. I would rather them and I don't I like both those songs but I would rather them remove those than this song I think Stink Fist is easier for Maynard to sing I love that song too yeah, yeah it's, it's, and it's it's such a big hit for them like it's it's also a good closer song I get that but you know when when time comes to start adding Fear Inoculum stuff like there's gonna be some some cuts some, Sophie's Choice yeah some bangers cut from the set list <laughs> yep. and I hope this isn't one of them because they don't do the next song both are number ones, a lot right. of Wallace. Yep. They haven't for a little while. Yeah, this is such a great song. Um, the lyrics in this are poetic to the extreme, I think. Like, really good like imagery, you know, talking mm-hmm. about just opening yourself up to experiences and letting the movement A complete move 360 from previous albums. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like this album made me less of an angry dude. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, all right, okay. Uh, I want to try and get my favorite to my favorite part because it's my favorite tool part of all time. I'm going to do my best because I don't know the exact timestamp. This part's pretty good. It's really good. I mean, it's all really good. Like, yeah. um, I can't remember what tour it was. It was before Ten Thousand Days. So, on the Lateralis tour, I saw him four times over the span of however many years. Um, I saw him in Biloxi, Mississippi. And it was a sort of a different stage show than we saw in Oak Mountain. And they had these, like, tapestries that, like, unfurled that were the different layers of the body. But instead of just being, like, the head or the upper torso, it was the full body. I can't remember. There's some title for it it's one of those Alex Gray joints but like I remember when they started touring for this album like that's really when they started doing the thing where Maynard's hanging out in the back and he's not up front right yeah he's much more chilled out and I remember there being people complaining about that Mm -hmm. but to me like it just I was like oh that's cool it's like oh here it comes oh this part's great baseline so wild yep this is everything that's great about tools yep
been a good time, huh? Oh, my God. I, I think we just let this carry us out. Thanks for coming over and listening to the Tool album with me for the first time, buddy. Oh, no, actually, we can't let this pull. So, if you guys look at your uh, podcast device of choice, you'll notice we got some custom art. This is how serious I took this special episode. Custom one-time use artwork, right? Well, I figured I, I paid for the artwork. I might as well get some extra use out of it. So, hold on one second. I got prints made. Oh, snap. So... And they came out pretty good. He's surprising me with this. Yeah. You know what? Go at it from the backside. <laughs> Tight. Came out pretty well, right? I like it. Yeah. So one of those is for you. Awesome. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, man. This was a good time. All right, guys, uh, stop listening to us and go listen to some fucking Tool. Go yeah. listen to the new album. Help it get to number one this week. Damn right. See ya. <laughs>